Peterson Financial Group is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies every day using a variety of insurance and investment products to meet their specific goals. We are not permitted to offer and no statement made during the show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. The information presented is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of securities or investment strategies. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. Investment advisory services offered through Peterson Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor. This is the Retirement Ready Podcast with President and Founder Eric Peterson of Peterson Financial Group, Iowa's retirement specialists with an office in West Des Moines. It's time to make sure that you're retirement ready. We're going to get back to our conversation with Neil Wilding, the co-author of the No Compromise Retirement Plan book. And uh, Eric, take it away. Uh, yes. Uh, well, Neil's joining me here. Uh, he's in town for some training and uh, events that we're having for clients and prospective clients around, centered around the No Compromise Retirement Plan book. And so I want to take some time and have him on the radio to talk to our listeners out there. And in the first segment, uh, we talked a little bit about taxation. A lot of uh, the strategies are about the compromises between uh, what you have and what you get to keep. But earlier we talked about one of the compromises is, as people approach retirement is how the compromise between growth and safety. You know, as I get close to retirement, I don't want to have all of my money subject to market whims because if the market were to tank before I retire, maybe I have to put off retirement. And the alternatives, if I go to the world of safety, like CDs, savings accounts, those kinds of things, interest rates are, you know, at all-time lows. As we talked about, the biggest borrower in the world is the U.S. government, so they have no vested interest in raising interest rates because it makes their borrowing more expensive. It's kind of interesting if, as a borrower, and you can dictate what interest rate you paid. I love to do that to my bank, but unfortunately, <laughs> they don't allow me to do that. So there is a powerful way inside of some of the tools that you look at about this power of uh, of indexing and how you don't have to have that compromise between both growth and safety. And if you can elaborate a little more on that, Neil, we'd appreciate it. Sure. Yeah, there's been some great evolution of uh, these insurance products. And the, to me, the most important has been this concept of the power of indexing. Uh, if you were to look at, you know, and you can't tell here, but I'm, I'm using air quotes, the market, uh, usually that's the S&P 500. And so if you were to look at the market dating back to the turn of the century, we like to identify that period in time. We've referenced it in the book because it shows not only this historic run that we've seen here recently, but it also includes some of the some pretty bad bear markets. So that, you know, if you look at the turn of the century, it started with the dot com bubble bursting. Uh, then we recover in the market, and then we give it all back in the, with the financial crisis. And then if you were to follow, and then now we've had this historic run up in the market, and we're hitting all time highs with the S and P five hundred. And there's euphoria again around the market. The challenge is if you were to look back and uh, I, I ask clients this every day, I said, what do you think the market has done uh, since the turn of the century on average, the, the S&P 500? And most people will say, well, what has it been? Uh, seven, eight percent, something like that. And the answer is actually it's only been four point eight six percent. And that's not bad. It, it's certainly better than losing money, uh, but it's hardly this huge reward that you can capture for taking all of that risk in the market. And so what the concept of indexing does is it allows you to use that market, use the S&P 500 as a, as a measuring stick to credit interest to the policy. And it establishes a floor and a, a cap. 
And so a lot of the the products that we have out there now will say maybe a zero percent floor and maybe a you know an eleven or twelve percent cap. And so what happens there? We're using the S and P five hundred as the the measuring stick. If you get eight percent from the S and P, well then you get eight percent interest credited to your account. If you get eighteen percent from the S and P, well then you would go up to the cap and you would still see double digit returns. But the beauty of indexing and the real power comes in is when you have negative eighteen percent and you have a terrible year in the market, you don't give back anything that you've earned. And, uh, and so zero becomes um, a really great <laughs> year of performance. And so when you layer that throughout the turn of the century, if you apply that concept of indexing, and so in my mind I have an example of a, a 0% floor and an 11.5% cap, where I said the S&P actually gave you 4.86%, the concept of indexing would actually give you over 6% in that same time frame. So a real nice situation to get a additional growth opportunity while still having the protection. And so it helps overcome that compromise that we talked about. Uh, we like to say it's a saver's dilemma out there right now. You have to choose between the market and these low fixed income rates. And so the power of indexing helps alleviate that and overcome that compromise because you can get significant growth while also having that layer of protection. Yeah, and folks listening out there, when we talk about turn of the century, we're not going back to 1900, which a lot of people automatically think that, you know, but it's just 2000. Because remember, when the clock struck 2000, it was the 21st century. So it's a new century. So we're, we're looking over the last 18 years of the market. And you know, when I was just in uh, Chicago a couple of weeks ago at a conference, and Jeremy Siegel spoke to us. And you know, he's always on all the talk shows, uh, CNBC, all of the, the fancy uh, uh, investing shows. Uh, professor at Wharton uh, School at the University of Pennsylvania, and so he ran that. And, you know, he goes long term. He goes back to actually 1804. And so when he's looking at long-term track record of the market, it's close to 7%. But in the last, he's comes up the same number you do, uh, high fours since 2000. So a lot of people look at this period from 80 to 2000 and thinking that's the norm. And that's not. That was kind of out of the, you know, that was the greatest stock market boom we've ever had. I don't know if we get back to that. The thing is, with people that are entering retirement, it's a different ballgame for them. They can't take the risk. So why take all that risk of the stock market when you don't have to? Now, we're not saying this is obviously – there's no magic bullet. This is not for 100% of your money. But some of your money should be looking at ways to get – you know, safety on it, but still have some growth opportunities. You do need some money in the market for long-term growth perspectives. And, uh, you know, there's not one bullet that's going to answer all things. But when you look at the compromise that you have to give up in retirement, this one solves, checks a lot of those boxes off, actually checks off all of them, in my opinion. But the thing is, each person is individual. So let's go back to, you know, we, we have the, the two kind of options when we want to move, get the IRS out of our divorce the IRS. So we've got the Roth IRA, which is always, version is always good. We also look at using the tax code on the insurance side. What are some of the, the gotchas, though, or some of the, the things about going into insurance that people need to be aware of? Because it obviously can't be for everybody. Sure. Well, for one, you do have to qualify, right? And so, um, you know, there are some situations where you know, you're going to have to pass a physical in order to gain entrance into the, into the program. But, but to me, what's interesting is um, so many people, when you start talking about life insurance, the main objection people think they should have is that they think that it's expensive. 
And that's what they've been told, right? That, that life insurance is a real expensive way to save for retirement. And so being from a firm uh, with, that's actuarial based, we said, well, let's go look at the numbers and see if life insurance, it really is this uh, expensive way to save. What uh, fascinates me in the study there is that if you structure it properly, it actually becomes one of the most cost efficient instruments in our industry. And that's because well, and I don't want to get into too much detail here, but it is it fascinates me. Life insurance actually gets less expensive the longer you own it. And so if we're going to put forth a plan for someone that's, say, in their 60s, and they're going to own that policy all the way into their 90s, when you look to add up all of the, you know, the fees that you'd have to be to be inside that policy and, and take an average of those fees over, say, the lifetime of the policy, it actually becomes less expensive than what most money managers charge uh, to manage money. And we've got some reports. Um, you know, we mentioned the tax report that we can report, uh, run. Uh, we have a similar report that you can run on the cost side to see, okay, does it make sense for me to consider life insurance for this uh, strategy? And there's a cost report that you can run to see you know, what that specific cost would be for you over time. And when most people run that report, they're shocked. And they realize, wow, this is one of the most cost-efficient instruments uh, in our industry. And so I love it when people say that they think it's expensive because it's actually a myth. And so and many of the objections come are based on myth and misunderstanding. And so when you take an actuarial approach and you really look into it, it actually becomes a really great deal. And I think that's perpetuated by a lot of the people that are in financial media, you know, other talk shows that talk about just putting money in the market, uh, you know, the Dave Ramsey's, the Rick Edelman's, those kind of people out there. And actually, what just light bulb went on my head, the reason why is that it's easy to say that it's bad. It's easy to say, hey, it's expensive. It's going to be over here. The other thing, too, is that life insurance, if, if you wanted to apply for it, it is a – you'd have to go through a, an underwriting process, and it does take time. It's not something you can walk in, put money down, and walk out with something. It does take an amount of time. So there's some effort on the the person that is helping you make that transaction, make put that in force. It takes a long time to make sure that you get underwritten and funded correctly and all those kinds of things. So it's easy for somebody that's a radio show host and all they want to do is manage your money to say, yeah, don't do that. Just put the money here because you can walk in and give them your money. And you don't have to wait for this process. So sometimes things that take time end up being better off. Uh, I will, you know, full disclosure, I have a policy of my own. I've been saving this way for a lot of years. And it's kind of like planting a tree. You know, if you go out and you're, you know, you move into a new house or if you're going to go out in the backyard and plant a tree, it's a small little scraggly sapling, let's say. And, you know, five, six, seven years down the road, doesn't look not providing much shade, you know. And then all of a sudden, you know, 10 years, it's it's all of a sudden just, just takes off. And then the growth from there just really starts to compound. And that's what I see with strategies this way. It takes time for people to see the growth building up inside of it, but they just have to understand that this is a strategy that's going to do a lot of amazing things down the road. So we talked about indexing, but and we talked about taxes in the beginning one. But one of the things, Neil, that's scaring me, and it should scare a lot of people out there, is you know, the, the tax rates that we're currently enjoying right now that were put into uh, into effect in 2018, they're going to expire in 2025. If Congress does nothing, all they do is reset. And uh, you mentioned that, you know, it's easy for them to let them expire because then someone else can introduce something, get credit for it. You don't get credit by keeping something going. You get credit by introducing a new bill. And then also what happens if uh, the political coin flips? Right. Um, a lot of people that are on the other side of the aisle are calling for you know, massive entitlement programs, which are not free. They come from somewhere. They come from taxes. So let's talk about the impact if taxes were to go back 
just to where they were, let's say, is 1980. I mean, what what happens if we go back to something that could easily double your taxation? What's going to happen to those qualified plans? So that's a situation where you know you really have to look at your money now. You know, we we know that the that in 2025. The, the three scariest words in the uh, U.S. language are if Congress acts. And so it's going to require Congress to act in order for those tax rates to stay low. And, and so we know that's not going to happen. So, so that means we have an opportunity to take advantage of it now. You know, when we go shopping for any type of retail good, we like to consume goods at a discount. We like to, you know, buy cars when they're um, discounted. We like to, whatever it may be, right? Well, this is where we have an opportunity where taxes are actually at a discount. And this is where we start talking about some of these conversion strategies. For a lot of people, it makes sense to completely immunize yourself from the IRS going forward. We don't have to imagine where tax rates are going. I don't want to. You're right. It can be very scary if you look back to historic tax rates. Taxes are artificially low. So let's use that as an opportunity now to take advantage of while they're low, consume those taxes, meaning let the IRS have the money that's there. So if we're in IRAs, we can go through a conversion process where we can let the IRS have that money at today's tax rates. And then going forward, all the growth that we're going to experience will be completely tax-free. So we don't have to think about what could happen with taxes down the road. You've been listening to the Retirement Ready Podcast. If you have questions about what you've heard on today's podcast and would like to schedule a complimentary retirement readiness review with Eric Peterson and the team at Peterson Financial Group, call now. 515-226-1500 is the number to dial. That's 515-226-1500. They are Iowa's retirement specialists and standing by to help you achieve your financial and retirement goals. Want to ask a question online? Visit the team at askericpeterson.com. Thanks for listening to the Retirement Ready Podcast, making sure that you're retirement ready. Peterson Financial Group is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies every day using a variety of insurance and investment products to meet their specific goals. We are not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. The information presented is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of securities or investment strategies. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. Investing involves risk, including the loss of principal. No investment strategy can guarantee a profit or protect against loss in periods of declining values. Any references to protection benefits or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Investment advisory services offered through Peterson Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor.